this trend in stroke mortality started around the uh, late 70s, early 80s, and has been pretty steady ever since until we get to this, um, the last few years. It seems like, in the UK at least, there's often not a great deal of good news when it comes to public health. But something worth celebrating is how much mortality from stroke has decreased over the last half century. That improvement comes from a combination of better treatment and better prevention. But what's done more to reduce deaths? A new research paper published on bmj.com looks at that. And in this podcast, we're joined by two of the authors, Alina Semenog, who's a researcher, and Mike Rayner, a professor of population health. And they're both from the Nuffield Department of Population Health at the University of Oxford. Alina, thank you very much for taking some time to talk to us today. Thank you, Duncan, for having us and for letting us talk about the paper that uh, was published in the BMJ this week. Great, thank you. And Mike, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Great. So, um, what you've been looking at in this study is um, mortality associated with strokes or death uh, after people have a stroke. Um, and before we go into kind of the nitty gritty of it and, and delve into that data and look at what you've done, could you just tell me what's been happening generally to, to that mortality? Are we seeing a reduction? Is that reduction steady? What's going on? Um, right. So as we know, uh, stroke is one of the most severe and disabling conditions. It's, uh, it affects a lot of, pop, uh, a lot of people um, in different age groups, but particularly older people. And we know that there have been a reduction in stroke mortality rates. And uh, stroke as a cause of death in England is going down from the second place to the third. And I think now it's been uh, number four cause of death in women. And uh, maybe it's still three in men. So as, as a cause of death, stroke is going down. Uh, if you talk about um, cardiovascular disease and cerebrovascular disease more broadly, you know that myocardial infarction and stroke together, com combined together, they account for the largest proportion of deaths in England. So uh, the, um, the health gains that we have seen recently in the uh, in um, in this country are probably a result of a reduction in mortality rates from stroke and myocardial infarction. However, we don't know what is going on with the trends uh, recently. There have been some reports from uh, other uh, developed countries uh, suggesting that uh, there was a level leveling off or even a plateau or sometimes an increase of myocardial infarction. Uh, fewer papers have lo looked at stroke uh, however, our paper published in the first decade of this century, uh, between 2000 and 2010, shows that there have been a reduction in mortality rates. They nearly halved. We haven't reported on more recent trends because we didn't have the level of details needed for this analysis due to problems with uh, the dates, with uh, receiving data from the NHS Digital. Did they give you a reason for that delay or why that data is still not available? Uh, there is no clear reason. So the NHS uh, Digital have not 
has not provided us with a clear reason for why there was uh, a delay of uh, more than five years in receiving a new subset of data. And uh, we've been uh, told that we can receive the data imminently, and this imminently has been going on for uh, a number of years now, unfortunately. Yes, and as you say, um, that reduction looks like it's going on, but we don't really know what's causing that reduction at the moment, and that's part of what you're trying to kind of elucidate in your paper here. So is it to do with prevention, stopping people having strokes in the first place, or is it more likely, or are people more likely to survive if they do have a stroke? Is that right? Uh, in our paper, we looked at how mortality rates have changed in the uh, first decade of the 21st century, and we saw this huge dramatic decline of nearly of more than 55%. And uh, our question was, what are the factors that are driving this reduction? And um, uh, in general, mortality from any condition, including stroke, could go down for two reasons. First, there are fewer events. So people are having uh, less, less people are having strokes. And second, those people who have stroke, they survive the stroke. These two um, epidemiological and public health uh, measures, these, these two aspects of uh, stroke burden, stroke event rate and survival rate can be measured. And we measured them as changes in stroke event rates and changes in case fatality. And then we used an equation uh, developed by the World Health Organization um, project for monitoring trends and determinants in cardiovascular disease to look at uh, the percentage contribution of changes in stroke event rates and case fatality to the reduction in mortality rates. Okay, so uh, broadly then, is um, stroke reduction is related to prevention and case fatality is uh, related to treatment, is that right? Well, that's not quite right. Actually, um, both the event rate and the case fatality rates are a function of both treatment and prevention. But yeah, you can say broadly speaking, the event rate or the incident rate is down to prevention in, in, in the population and case fatality rate is down to improvements in treatment. Great. Um, thank you, Mike. Uh, so before we get into your analysis and, and what you found there, um, if we just pick up on those two things, treatment and prevention. First up, what's happening with treatment? What's um, changed uh, over time? Well, since that big dramatic uh, drop that you've seen, but you know, increasingly uh, over over the course of your data, um, how much better have we got at, at treatment, and and what's changed there? We definitely got better with diagnose, diagnosing stroke. Now, with the increasing availability of brain imaging, uh, most uh, patients with suspected stroke would undergo uh, a brain imaging, and then the diagnosis would be uh, this patient will be diagnosed much faster, and um, they will be receiving a proper yeah. Uh, after their diagnosis is established. The second important thing is an increase in the population awareness about the signs of stroke. So the FAST campaign uh, increased the population awareness of the signs of stroke and importance of the 
hospital admissions. So it, it is very likely that uh, now people know more about stroke and they know how important it is to get to a hospital in time. And uh, when the person is in the hospital, we think that one of the most important improvements in uh, management and care of stroke patients is the introduction of stroke units. And um, another factor that thrombolysis plays a role in uh, a smaller subgroup of uh, patients because not everyone is eligible for thrombolysis. And uh, basically at the population level, the effect of thrombolysis is well, is quite small. And the prevention, it's the same uh, prevention as for myocardial infarction and other cardiovascular conditions. It's the improvements in management of high blood pressure. It's the uh, statins that reduce blood cholesterol and um, reduction in smoking and salt consumption, consumption that we've seen in the, at the beginning of this century. We don't know and the reduction in smoking was really important for ischemic stroke. I think Mike can add on that. Um, yes, it might be worth saying um, all this trend in stroke mortality started around the uh, late 70s, early 80s, and has been pretty steady ever since until we get to this, um, the last few years. And so a lot of these changes in lifestyle, smoking, um, salt consumption, have uh, started way, way before the, the time period that we're studying here. Mm. And of cl clearly also improvements in hypertensive therapy uh, dating back to the 70s were also important in the prevention and um, prevention of stroke. Yeah, uh, among the risk factors that can actually offset the trend is the increase in obesity and increase in diabetes. And we know that these two conditions are going up in the population. And in many Westerns, uh, in, in the, uh, these two conditions are going up in England and in many other Western populations. That's why the public health bodies and doctors and, and um, policymakers are cautious about trends in stroke and um, MIs in the future and how sustainable is this reduction in mortality because of an increase in rates of diabetes and obesity. Mm. And I suppose that's why it's important to kind of elucidate exactly where it is um, that we're getting kind of the most bang for the buck, really, when it comes to uh, uh, stopping people dying. So before we kind of get into what you found when you looked at this, could you take us through your design? What you, how did you decide to take this data and try and uh, pull it together? So for this study, we used uh, what is called the big data. And they are big because we had more than a million entries collect. Uh, and these records, so this study was based on electronic patient records, which were collected from all hospitals across England. Then the electronic patient records were linked to the national vital statistics. And this allowed us to have information on all those people who were in the hospital, but uh, then died after they, they have been discharged or they died at, at home, or they died in the care facility, or in the ambulance, even before being admitted with stroke. And this is one of the strengths of the linkage of, uh, achieved by linking hospital and mortality data, that we cover populations that uh, had stroke and died outside of the hospital. And a big size of the study, which included more, uh, more than 
The big size of the study, which included nearly 800,000 people from the uh, from all over the country, means that we were very inclusive. We were able to look at trends in um, underrepresented groups, uh, such as young people. Uh, we are probably uh, the only study that looked at trends in stroke uh, event rates, mortality, and case fatality in people aged uh, under 55. So groups below 55, we had 20 to 34, and we had 35 to 55. And these trends um, were reported in the paper. Um, so there you said you've got details on event rates, uh, mortality and, and case fatality. Um, now, obviously, uh, stroke severity changes and maybe the outcomes from stroke aren't just um, mortality. There can be considerable... Uh, morbidity associated with it. Um, were you able to look at uh, any data like that? Uh, so for the for our study, we were interested at, at how much of the reduction in mortality is due to changes in event rates. And uh, the reduction in event rates is usually seen as the uh, improvements in prevention a result of changes in uh, prevention, in effective prevention strategies. And the reduction in case fatality is uh, usually attributed to improvements in treatment and care of stroke patients. So we were able to look at these two factors. However, however um, the limitation of our study was that we were not able to look at the severity of stroke. And uh, as Mike said before, the effective prevention could and is likely to result in fewer severe strokes. So it's probably that even the prevention does not prevent, uh, does not help people to avoid stroke. It would most likely reduce the severity mm -hmm. of stroke, mm -hmm. result in a better survival and better chances for these people to recover from stroke. And um, it, it is important to look at stroke severity and how it has changed uh, from year to year. However, no data sets in England can do this. And, uh, it's not just a limitation of our study, it's a limitation of most population, uh, large population-based studies. Sure, that makes sense. Okay then, um, big drum roll I suppose. What was it when you uh, analysed that data um, that you find? What, what was kind of reducing most? Was it um, event rates or was it case fatality? So by far, the reduction in mortality rates from stroke was due to change uh, was due to reduction in case fatality, which means that uh, more people survive stroke. So it's a great majority. About seventy percent of the reduction in mortality from stroke was uh, attributable to improvements in case fatality. So and these findings give credit to the NHS because it's the NHS hospitals. It's the NHS care and NHS uh, doctors that look look after these patients. And uh, obviously, uh, the survival rates have improved greatly. And uh, I have to say that our analysis by age group suggested that um, in younger people, stroke event rates are going up. However, the survival is uh, going um, up as well. So case fatality is going down. So more people... Even though more younger people have stroke, they survive their stroke uh, thanks to a good care provided by the hospitals. Uh, 
In older people, people aged 85 and um, older, the contribution of uh, prevention measured by changes in uh, stroke event rates and the contribution of case fatality was nearly equal. Suggest that the prevention works much better in older people and uh, younger people do not benefit from the prevention as much as the older people. And I suppose maybe Mike would be uh, a better place to answer this, but um, is that to do with just younger people aren't receiving prevention or is it just that, you know, prevention is less effective in younger people? Do we know? This is a good question. Actually, we can only speculate here. We haven't really any direct evidence from the analyses that we've done about what's going on. So, yeah, it is possible that older people are more receptive to uh, preventive messages when they go to their GPs, more likely to take the antihypertensives and so forth to avo avoid the strokes than the, the younger people. Younger people may be more cavalier. Who knows, really? It's it's really um, just we're just guessing here and we do need more research, obviously, mm. into uh, reasons why uh, event rates and case fatality rates are, are changing here. Great. Thank you. Now, um, one question that occurs to me is that, you know, uh, we've talked a little bit about how stroke care has improved. Um, we have stroke centres and, uh, you know, if you're in a big city, uh, I'm in London at the moment, and there, if I was to have a stroke, uh, I would be able to access that service um, quite quickly and get really good care. Um, if I was up where my parents live in kind of deepest rural Scotland in the middle of nowhere, um, my ability to kind of access it or their ability to access that would be would be less. So I wonder... Um, you know, is there a little natural experiment going on there? And have we seen um, any sort of geographical difference in your data uh, that might um, elucidate how, how useful though that kind of uh, treatment is? Yes, that's a very good point because uh, indeed um, it's important for a stroke patient to uh, get into the hospital and see a a stroke physician as soon as possible and get the brain imaging. And uh, it might be the case that in London, uh, patients with stroke or suspected stroke are more likely to reach a hospital faster than in rural England. Uh, unfortunately, we haven't done analysis by geographical area, and this is something we're going to look into in the future if we receive new and updated data from the NHS Digital. And, and one of the issues here that we've uncovered is that the event rates are going up in, in, in younger people, which does imply, um, suggest something. And it may be related, as Elena said earlier, to increasing levels of obesity and, and, and diabetes and so forth. So I think we can do subgroup analyses uh, in the future to actually um, maybe unpick a bit more what's actually going on. Yes. So within this, it seems like this decrease has been fueled mostly by good treatment. Um, do you think we're kind of doing enough with prevention? Have we, are we doing all that we can to prevent, um, to prevent these strokes? Or, or do you feel like there's more improvements to be made there to, to bring it up beyond that 30%? Well, it's 30% contribution and more for, and possibly more for... And possibly more, yes. But it's also 50% and possibly more for uh, coronary heart disease. 
ischemic heart disease, which is the parallel paper that we um, published some time ago now, which um, is exactly the same study as this for myocardial infarction. Uh, whereas, so I, 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 I'm a preventionist. I think we should um, devote many more, much more attention <laughs> to prevention than, than we do. And it's not just about che health checks and so forth. It's also about population-wide initiatives to improve diet, smoking, physical activity, and alcohol consumption. So a big problem here, for example, is the rise in, in alcohol, which is affecting um, both the incidence and of both stroke and myocardial infarction. We need to do something about that. There's the well-known problem of increasing levels of obesity. I don't think that's just about hectoring people to improve their diets and uh, levels of physical activity. It's also about the making the choices, the easier choices. So we need to re reduce salt levels in, in processed foods. We need to stop the advertising of unhealthy foods. We need to think about, about more about taxes like the sugar free drinks tax, which we've just had implemented in the UK and extend that to other foods. Uh, thank you. And I suppose you're kind of leading into this there, Mike, but um, you know, where does this fit into our kind of broader understanding of what's going on with cardiovascular health in general? Um, well, I think what is certainly interesting um, to observe at the moment is this um, slight increase in, um, or decrease rather, in life expectancy by um, changes in mortality from cardiovascular disease, um, mainly myocardial infarction, but also also stroke as well. Uh, I think there's something definitely worrying here that we need to address seriously. I think we need to be careful. I don't think it's, it's so much about um, uh, improvements in treatment myself, but it's also, but obviously we can do work better there as well. But it's also about prevention and making sure that um, uh, these declines continue in the way they have for the last 40, 50 years. I mean, there is a sense in which you can't go much further with, with both stroke and myocardial infarction. We're getting to a point where we've almost wiped the disease out um, in terms of mortality. There are clearly lots of people living with these diseases, and that's what, where we should be focusing on our attention as well. So it's not just mortality here, but morbidity that we should be um, seeking to improve. You've been listening to Alina Semenog and Mike Rayner talk about their study, Determinants of Decline in Mortality from Acute Stroke in England, a linked national database study of 795,869 adults. Links as always in the podcast text. That's it for this episode. We'll be back soon looking at the funding for patient groups. And we'll have another one of our talk evidence podcasts. As always, like and subscribe. You know the drill by now. You can also find us on Spotify. So if that's how you get your podcasts usually, you're finally in luck. Until next time, I'm Duncan Jarvis. Thanks for listening.